Perhaps the most difficult stretch of Wisconsin basketball season starts this weekend. Let's get into it. It's the Bucky Report. Welcome to the Bucky Report, your destination for all things Wisconsin Badgers. Authentic takes. Oh my God. Game analysis. Touchdown Badgers. Ring one up. And discussion from the fan perspective. Thanks for joining us and on Wisconsin. Welcome into the Bucky Report. We are your hosts, Rajiv and Justin, in for our three big things midweek episode to talk about a huge, huge basketball rivalry coming up this weekend against the Marquette Golden Eagles or whatever they're called nowadays. An unbelievable stretch that is about to start, Justin. Huge, huge, difficult. We've got Marquette, Michigan State, Arizona. We're going to get into all that. Uh, We're going to talk mainly, mainly about Marquette today. We are at the Bucky Report on Twitter on YouTube and wherever you can get your podcast. If you like the content, hit the subscribe button so you know when we're doing more. And we certainly appreciate that. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited about this one. This is going to be some really good basketball coming up here shortly. It's um, it's We're going to learn a lot in the next three games. And the biggest thing that I think going into it, I'm, I understand we're probably not going to win these games. And maybe we win one at Michigan State. Maybe we steal one of the Marquette-Arizona game. But... It's about how we play, mm-hmm. how we look, whether or not we can take the defensive intensity that we've built up recently and and let that translate. I I know this is tough. I know we're probably not going to win, but it's all about that performance. No, I agree completely. This is a game, this is a a giant uh, lesson coming up here. Like we're going to find out what this team ha- has learned so far from the Tennessee and Providence games for them to be able to move forward and apply it towards teams that are on, you know, on the Tennessee caliber going forward, which Marquette is definitely on that level. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. The Bucky reports three big things. Three big things. The first one, Justin wrote this one. I love it. Justin, take the first three big thing. Number one, Greg guard needs to settle his rotations and let the guys play. It's he's been kind of all over the place so far this season with with playing guys. We'll have somebody go into the game, do something that he doesn't like, and he, they instantly get the hook. And I don't love that because what it does is it makes things really chaotic in terms of your player rotations. At some point, you need to let guys play through mistakes a little bit. Now, if it's consistently happening, yes, you need to keep that hook out there. But I mean, we've seen it with Connor, who has been fighting through an injury a little bit where he'll, he'll, he'll jack up a shot that guard doesn't like, and boom, he's out. It's like he was just in for like a minute. Like, why are you pulling him already? Like, at some point, you need to let the kid shoot just to get in the flow of the game a little bit, and that just hasn't been happening. And honestly, I don't love how Blackwell's been being used. And I, Ryan is right. He needs to play more. Um, he played 18 minutes the last game, which is fine. I mean, we were playing an, a, an overwhelmed opponent. He doesn't have to play a ton if you want to get some of the other guys in. But going forward against a team like Marquette, I expect him to play 25 minutes. And he he should if you if you want to win that game. Heck, I I would I'm not against him playing 30 in that game. Um Storr needs to play more. He only played 18, I believe, in that game too, the last mm-hmm. one. That's like what you gotta get these guys reps. And and I, it's fine that you were playing, like I said, an overmatched opponent, but 
when we play games against these top teams, I don't like the trade off of store for Blackwell. Like at some point you need to play those two guys out on the court together. And because they're going to have overlapping minutes. Like if you're going to play these guys 25 minutes each, you're going to have to, it's going to have to be Klesman or somebody who gets pulled. And if that's the case, so be it. But I think that from a scoring standpoint, you're looking at that might be your best group. So yeah. if if you're going to have Chucky, have Chucky Blackwell and, and store out there, I really like that group out there from a scoring standpoint. Yeah, I think you're totally right about the settling the rotation. I love this this big thing, and I think this is really important because now I will say this. Last year at this time, we were talking about how he wasn't playing guys enough, and these this is the time to get those minutes, right? So I do, I do understand why he's yeah. done what he's done so far, but it does need to get settled in now. If you look at a team like Marquette, they've got their rotation settled to eight, really mainly seven people, but eight, they go eight deep, and that's pretty much set rotation. Ours is... It's really fluid. And in some games, Connor will get more minutes. Some games, someone else will. And I appreciate that for the most part. I do like that Connor took seven shots in the last game. That shows that he and Greg Gard are both trying to kind of get him out of that funk and push things push things forward. So I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you on the settling of the rotation. My question to you is this. So you, you talked about Blackwell, which I agree with. Blackwell needs to play more. Who should be in that rotation who off the bench. I mean, I feel like McGee has got to play to back up Chucky, right? We, we, yeah. We're going to need McGee. I, th- I think you're looking at him no more than like 10 minutes a game. Fair. Okay. You know, I think we both agree that Blackwell should be the main guy coming off the bench, mm-hmm. right? 100%. So Blackwell, Connor, and then winter has been getting a lot of minutes too, which I think is a pretty good thing. Cause you need someone to back, back up Crowell. But I think the, the big issue, the big question is Gilmore, Ilver, who plays? Should only one of them really play? I think that's a, those two, honestly, the best way to probably do it is situational. If you're playing a team that has a power forward that's more of a post guy, you play Gilmore. If you're playing a, a team with a stretch four, you probably want to put Ilver out there because I think he's a little bit more athletic. I think he offers a little bit more in terms of perimeter ability. And I think that that's the way you play it. Like if that's, there's going to be games, like, Listen, I, I don't think it's it's lost on Gilmore Gilmore that his skill set is limited in certain ways. Same same with Ilver right, at this point. Like he's not a guy who's shown out that he can be go out there and dominate a game. So use them in the way that they best fit what you're trying to do. Now that may be problematic in terms of being able to get guys minutes, but if it works out the way you want it to, you might have some games where you get ahead and you have the ability to kind of get some guys some spot minutes. But I don't like, like, I really don't like Gilmore out there against somebody who's potentially a stretch four. I just don't think he moves his feet well enough to be on the perimeter. And I think he fits better in a, as a post defender. He does actually a pretty good job in there for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah, he's a good rebounder. I mean, he's a, he's a good guy to do a lot of, a lot of the little things on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the important thing is going to be to settle into something. And, and also, it's always bugged me. It bugged me about Bo, Bo Ryan, too. Someone turns the ball over, they get pulled. You mentioned mm-hmm. it right away. And I, I think that... I even look at the bench. As soon as I see a turnover, I'm looking at the bench, and you, sure enough, you see Greg Gard point to a guy and say, go. That that does, I, I, I've never loved that. I didn't love it. I haven't loved it for years, even in the Bo Ryan days. Just let the guys play through it, right? You're going to need these guys to play through stuff like this to get better and to understand that when they make a mistake on the court, they can quickly rectify it. So, yeah, I, I agree, and I hope that changes. But I think we're both in, in agreement there. Number two, keep the solid, keep up the solid defensive work. This is something that I'm, yeah, I've been talking a lot about defense lately. And look, Marquette has scores. Okay. They've got Cam Jones. They've got Osa Igabaro, Iga, 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 Iga I think is what I think. Yeah. I'm not, not right. Igabaro. 
He is a machine on the inside. Uh, they've got Cola, who can shoot the three. They've got a lot of offensive weapons. And the one thing that I think we've done well recently is rim protection and paint protection, which I'm a big fan of. Mm -hmm. And that, that we're going to give up open threes. And yeah, we need to be closing out more on those guys. And I hear that. But I cannot stand teams just shredding through the paint and getting layups and, and that dribble penetration then kicking out to open guys. I hate it. We've mm -hmm. done a really good job lately. And after that Providence game where we got just shredded all over the court, the guys have done a nice job. Now, Marquette is the number two, number three team in America. Mm -hmm. This is going to be very difficult. We're not going to be able to stop them completely. But keeping up that solid defensive work is going to be crucial. And it's really going to be what who can can we stop Igabaro on the inside? That's I mean, he shoots 67% from the field because he obviously is mainly shooting from three feet in. He is a beast, and that's not going to be easy for us to stop. Pat Crow's gonna have an issue with him. Wall, Gilmore. I was gonna say was, was a wall on him last year. I think it was I wall think on him. So, last year. Yeah. It's not gonna be easy, Justin. Yeah. I but but you're right. I mean, we have to find a way to just even more so the, the defensive intensity, right? being aggressive, getting that ball pressure. I like the aggression we played with. And ever since that Providence game, when Gregard clearly lit into these guys and said, look, we're, if you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play, they've done a much better job. Yeah, I think this is a game, and, and kind of going back to the first point a little bit, this is a game that Winter has to get his feet wet against high-level teams. And, and defensively, I'm sorry, Gregard, you're playing for the, the tournament this year. He, You need to develop him. You can't have him get have one mistake and pull him. You have to let him take his lumps a little bit so by the end of the season he's stronger. Uh, if it costs you a game like this, who cares? This is not what you're playing for. It's not even a conference game. So who really cares if you end up – like? I want to beat Marquette just as much as anybody else. But we need if, – if Winter becomes a plus player by the end of the season off the bench, it's going to be because he gets reps against really good teams and learns to fight through the, the – shortcomings he has at this point as a freshman um the other part of it the biggest factor about defense in this game is having watched a little bit of marquette we have got to get back on defense mm -hmm. they really want to run constantly so we need to get back on force it into a half court game and make them really work for it and if they if you do that like marquette's easy to get they're not a team that wants to be playing half court basketball and i, I don't necessarily know that they they like a lot of iso and if you're a good team defending meaning you play well as a team where you help well that's going to be a problem for them because i'm not sure they're necessarily a super high level passing team in terms of having a guy iso and being able to pass out of it other than kolik kolik is a great player there's a reason why the guy's borderline all-american or is an all-american as point guard um chucky's gonna have to check him so i think we're capable of doing it like we could make this a game where it ends up being 70 to 67 or something like that type game. But that's what we're going to have to do. We can't let this game get, get into the seventies or eighties because that's going to be problematic for Wisconsin unless we're just shooting the lights out. And as well, I love how efficient we are on offense. I don't want to get into a track meet with Marquette. I want to make <laughs> them uncomfortable. I want to make them play at a pace that they're not really comfortable with and make them work for it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of three-point shooters. Joplin, um, um, Jones, and Kolek. They, they, I think mm -hmm. Kolek is shooting like 52% from the feet mm -hmm. from three. So they're, we can't let them. You're right. A track meet, 80 points, not going to be good for us at all. Mm -hmm. Justin, take number three. Number three, free throw shooting and efficient offense. One of the surprises so far this season has been we've actually been a pretty good free throw shooting team. That needs to continue. 
Like we have got, yeah, not, not to jinx us. <laughs> um, we have got to stay at 70 plus percent the remainder of the season, especially in games like this. This is a game we probably need to be at 80%. And if we do that, it will it will be a huge factor, most likely in us winning it. Now we've done a really good job of getting to the line so far. And I think that we can probably continue to do that against Marquette. There, are, I, I think we have some individual matchups and this team just move. They, they play so fluidly together offensively that I think guys are going to get into good, good position to score. Like that's the biggest takeaway I've had so far. We've had a lot of open looks so far in most of our games, and we've had a lot of opportunities where guys can get downhill and at least draw a follow. Uh, we haven't had like a ton of dunks and stuff like that, but we've had uh, quite a few times where guys have gotten to the lane and, and forced the defense to have to make, to give a foul rather than give an easy bucket. And that's important for Wisconsin because if we can get Marquette in foul trouble, they don't have a ton of size for one thing. And this is a game where Crowell, if he can get inside and kind of beat up on some people, could be really good for us. You know, you have an opportunity to, to kind of exploit them where you kind of saw it with Edie when they played against him. He abused them in the second half in that game. And they, I mean, the game was close, but they didn't have an answer for him. They, they have more finesse type bigs that want to run and gun, not really guys who want to get in the post and, and play hard, you know, back to the basket defense. You mentioned something there that I was going to go with and, and talk about and add to this is the getting them in foul trouble. They're not a very deep team. I mentioned their rotation really only goes seven deep, and the and the two guys coming off the bench most often are their guards. Yeah. Uh, they do have one guy Gold who comes in off the bench. Uh, he's six ten, I believe. Um, but you're right. Like if you get Igabaro in foul trouble, and or potentially even in Joplin, you are really hamstringing them offensively, mm-hmm. defensively, everything. So we have to be very smart about this, and it's it does mean. And Tyler Wall's perfect for this, right? The way he, how creative he is and how shifty he is in, in the mm-hmm. low block, he can draw those fouls. And it's also dribble drives with AJ Store, and we've seen how athletic he can be and how quickly he can get to the hoop. And Blackwell and Chucky. So. I hope that is a real big game plan for them to get Marquette in foul trouble. And you're playing at home. You're playing with a whiteout crowd. Like you need to, I think it's a really good opportunity. They are not a deep team. Now, maybe they have people on the bench that we haven't really seen, but from a num- from a minute standpoint, you're really only looking at two guards coming off the bench. That's mm-hmm. all they really bring in. So you can get those forwards in foul trouble. You're going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a bonus big thing today, uh, and that's using the Cole Center to your advantage. Um, I, I, I mean, you know me, guys. I've always talked about the intangibles of sports, like passion and atmosphere, is really, really important. When I was in school, um, the Cole Center was was amazing. Damn near, yeah. you, you couldn't you couldn't do anything. You couldn't win a game there. I remember. I think the entire time I was in college, I think we lost like three home games. I mean, it was insane, and. It was such a powerful place to play. Now that's gone a little bit down a little in the recent years, but I think that also has to do with talent and teams and everything. Yeah. But it's a whiteout. We're going to have a huge atmosphere. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of Marquette fans. Obviously, in-state rivals going to have a lot of that. We need to take advantage of that. That means in the, in the passion that we play with, the aggression that we play with, feeding off the crowd because you're talking about a number three team in America, a potential final four team. Some people are picking this team to win the national championship. What an an opportunity and an atmosphere for us to feed off of and, and, and utilize. And it, you mean, look, you're not going to get an atmosphere like this, even big 10 play. You're not seeing maybe when Purdue comes in, but I don't even, are, are we playing Purdue at home this year? I'm not really sure. Um, 
I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. I, I know we, we go we go to West Lafayette. But anyway, the point is, is that we have to utilize this. And it's going to be a rocket atmosphere. So students, fans, if you're listening and you're going to the game, make that atmosphere amazing. I hope it's, it's great. I wish I was going. But the players have to feed off that. We need to harness that to push us <laughs> over the edge. No, I agree completely. Uh, it's one of the, the underlying aspects that we've struggled with when it comes to the the basketball team in recent years. And people have really kind of complained about it. I don't know how much of that is warranted. Um, like, like we've said, it's one of those things where people want to, and yes, we do play them at home. Um, but it's one of those things where people want to attack and it's like, the atmosphere is kind of contingent on how good the team is. Like it's part of it is going to be, if you're a really good team, the fans will, will show up and have energy. And it's kind of the same way that it plays with football. Like if you're show if you're playing well, the fans get into it. And if you're not playing well, the fans tend to sit on their hands. And that's that's just the way it is. In the last few years, from a talent standpoint, we've struggled a little bit there. We haven't separated from teams. Like part of what makes teams win at home a lot is when they go on a run, the fans can get into it, and then that that kind of gives the team even more energy to, to play off of. We haven't gone on a run a lot lately in the last few years. We have really struggled to separate. And because of that, it's such a grind that that kind of wears on fans a little bit. Like it's, it's, it causes anxiety when, like when you're watching a game and, and I'm sure you've experienced it too, when you watch us play, like you're, every single possession feels like it's got so much at stake that it just wears on you. And it's, mm-hmm. it's taxing. That's why I've said, and that's, the, that's why I love this team this year. I think they're going to do a pretty good job of putting teams into the blender a little bit and making them try to stay with our efficiency and that's going to be a problem for a lot of teams because I think there's a lot of sloppy basketball that's out there. And yes, we'll have games against teams like what we have coming up here in, in Marquette and Arizona. I wouldn't put Michigan state into that, that level quite yet that are going to be able to play and match your efficiency to a point. Um, that's, those are the games that are the outliers. That's fine. You have to take advantage of the games that aren't that way and learn and grow from them. And there's going to be a lot of games that we play this year in the Big Ten where I think that we're we're going to be the more locked-in team from an efficiency standpoint, and teams are going to struggle to score if the defense is there. If we play like we played against Providence, maybe not so much. Right. That's that's why Marquette scares me a little bit because there are some correlations there between how Providence played and how Marquette plays. I mean, there's a lot of things that scare me about Marquette. (laughs) There are, but they play that very frenetic, aggressive Mm. pace. And that's something that we haven't played a lot this season, especially coming off a game that we just played where the, the, they actively tried to play slow with us. So it's going to be interesting to see how we adjust to that going into this one. Right. So what do we think is going to happen? Let's find out. The Bucky Report Predictions. Saturday, 1130, Marquette visits the Cole Center for a huge whiteout, great atmosphere. So, Justin, two things I want to I want to know from you. Number one, in these next three set of games, we talked about the title of the show, The Wicked Stretch Begins, Marquette at home, at Michigan State, at Arizona. What record will the Badgers have in those three games? Two and one. Okay. Two and one. Mm-hmm. Please do explain. <laughs> I, I think there are some impressive things that there's some hints that this team could be very good this year. Um, obviously they need to continue to grow. Like I'm not willing to buy in. Like I said, I brought up in the last show that I thought that elite eight was a possibility. 
that is contingent on them continuing to grow. That's that's contingent on Nolan Winter being a, a prominent piece off the bench, you know, come the end of the season. That's contingent on Blackwell continuing to grow. There, there's some things that need to happen for that to continue, but if the defense continues to play at a high level and the offense maintains its efficiency, the three-pointer, three-point shooting is going to to come back to the mean a little bit, which means the scoring is going to come up and they're going to have an easier time separating. I actually think we're going to get it done against Marquette. And that's because I, I really think defensively, if we can slow this game down, I think that we can make them uncomfortable and I think we can frustrate them. They, they tend to get a little bit more lax with the ball than we do. And I think that that played out last year in terms of turnovers and everything. And I think that is going to be an aspect of how this game plays out that will will be a positive for us. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a runaway victory or anything like that. It's going to this game is going to be down to the wire. It's like if I was going to give you two different uh, ways of looking at it, it's either we lose by ten or we win by three. But you're going with the win by three. I'm going by with the win by three. Wow. Okay. All right. Justin Jolka going for the win against Marquette. So I think our 70 record, to 67. I think our record is going to be one and two in the next three games. And that's okay as long as we're playing well. Um, but I also think that we get it done against Marquette because it's at home, because of the whiteout, because I do believe that they're hopefully hopefully getting into some foul trouble. Like I said, they're not very deep. At least they don't play a deep rotation. We can definitely take advantage of that. They are a very good team. And if we do lose to them, I think we'll po- hopefully get Michigan State. Um, but I think we're going to win. I think it's a one-point victory. I don't know, maybe 69-68 or something like that. Would not surprise me if this game went into overtime. Hope it doesn't. Hope we win in regulation. All day I was thinking, I'm probably going to pick a loss here and then pick a win maybe at Michigan State. But I, the passion of the Cole Center, I believe it's going to be there. I know that Badger fans, that Badger faithful who are going to be there, the students are going to be up for this game. That means a lot. This is always this is always a really good tight game. We've seen amazing matchups between Marquette and Wisconsin over the years. I expect this to be good, um, but yeah, I think we eke out a win. But truthfully, like you said, if we do lose by ten, it's not going to surprise me. I will tell you this: if we have a scoring drought that lasts more than a few minutes, we're going to lose this game. If we shoot, if we're one for twelve from three in the first twenty first 10, 15 minutes, we're going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. We need to be efficient. We need Connor to hit some threes. We need to make our three-pointers. We have to... You know what? I want to say one more thing that's been driving me crazy about the three. I would like Stephen Crowell to shoot the three when he is open at the top of the key. Or classmate, dri- or... <laughs> I mean, but the, the thing is, like, I understand why Gilmore doesn't shoot because Gilmore yeah. is not, not a shooter, and the defense knows that. Well, all of a sudden, the defense is backing off of Stephen Crowell because they know he's not going to shoot, but he can make it. Shoot the ball. Even if you don't make it, you've already improved spacing on the floor. You're forcing them to defend you. They're not just going to let you shoot like that all day. Take the three. So caveat is we need to make the three. We have to be able to score. I, if I see, I'm telling you, if I see a five-minute scoring drought, we're going to lose the game. But I really, really hope we can get through this one. But uh, yeah, so Marquette, Wisconsin this weekend. And Justin, you've got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, again, I, if you guys haven't seen, maybe a couple weeks ago, Justin did a short 10-minute video on defensive line recruiting. Uh, it was great. It was really good insight into kind of the rankings and the composite scores that we've been having. And and we he compared us to Iowa. But Justin, what other recruiting stuff you have coming up? Yeah, Friday I plan on dropping another episode, which will be diving into the linebackers. Um, I think it's really interesting looking at the recruiting rankings and everything that we've had there and what what the way that room looks now based off of, you know, 
being able to see it a, a few years later. Um, so I'll be taking a look at the the 2019 through 2023 recruiting classes and kind of diving into that a little bit and, and what the status is of most of those players at this point. And speaking of that position, why don't you talk about our newest recruit? Yeah, Cooper Catalano uh, recruit, committed yesterday. Um, I really like him. I've seen some of the film that I've, I've watched on him, and somebody compared him to Mike Taylor. And I'm like, I actually like that comparison. I think that that's a pretty good one. He is he's not a he's not a Allegro type athlete, where he's a guy who just runs and is super fluid and athletic, but he's a good athlete. And it will be really interesting to see how his instincts play out because when people talk about it, and that like, it's one of the things I want to dive into with the the linebacker uh, podcast that I'm going to go into is. I need to see what the instincts are with him to really know what type of player he's going to be. Because if he, if he has really good instincts, that physical ability is going to play up and that's what we'll find out what he's going to be as a player. Um, If he's not a guy who's going to be a difference maker from an instinct standpoint, he could be similar to the guys that we have right now, which I, I, he's not a bad athlete, but he's also not a transcendent athlete. And that's, that's where it's he's going to lose a step. You know, you have to be able to make the quick decisions and be able to make the right decisions. Yeah, so definitely check out Justin's uh, linebacker recruiting video. And he's going to keep doing these. Uh, we're calling it recruiting radar. I think that's what he's going to call it. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and like this is Justin's thing. He spends a lot of time working on recruiting. I do. I, I like recruiting as well, but not quite as much as this guy. And I don't know nearly as much as, as this guy does. So that's great. Um, but we're, we're really excited about kind of the offseason now, football. We're going to get into basketball a lot. Um, we're going to dive into a couple other Big Ten things. So there's a lot of cool content coming up. Um, I'm heading to nashville this weekend to watch my indianapolis colts uh, hopefully get a win at tennessee uh so i'm actually going to be gone on sunday but i think we're going to record on monday night next week for our show um so tune in for our big full episode we're going to break down the marquette game of course we're going to talk about the michigan state and the arizona games coming up and we're also going to do a little season review regular season review about the badgers talk about the bowl game so there's a lot coming up to talk about any last words justin yeah, I'm sure we'll probably dive into the transfer portal a little bit too because we'll start finding out a lot of info <laughs> about that shortly. Yeah, but Miles Burkett uh, declared for the portal today. Yep, and um, Dylan, 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 Barrett too. Dylan Barrett, the offensive lineman. So yeah, that, that that's going to happen now. You're going to start, if you follow Twitter, you go all over the place, you're going to see all kinds of stuff. Uh, we'll definitely dive into that more in the coming weeks. But with that, folks, thanks for listening and on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Bucky Report or The Bucky Report Podcast from wherever you get your content. Until next time, on Wisconsin. Wisconsin.